0: Well, welcome to Quantum number 263, Quantum, the podcast that looks at news and views from throughout the world, from a Christian perspective, but open to all. And apologies for being late. I am currently in Scotland, and I've been going up and down the country, and just getting the time to do all this uh, has been a wee bit difficult. Uh, and speaking of Scotland, uh, I want to say a big shout-out to those who I've met in this past week who listen to the podcast. There are so many of you, which has really been wonderful to hear. And especially Charlotte Chapel, I met a family, which included uh, three young people: a young female theologian at Edinburgh University, a seventeen-year-old young man who um, is probably going to turn out to be a theologian as well, uh, and uh, a bright and intelligent fourteen-year-old. Now, I'm not going to name you, but you know who you are if you're listening to this. And I do want to say this: it was such a privilege to meet you, and. you know, please do feel free to put in uh, any comments or questions anytime you want. You're very welcome to do that. I was listening to this piece of music this week, and I thought, yeah, there's a wee message in here. So let's hear this first.
1: Baby, do you understand me now? This yes, sometimes I seem a little mad. But don't you know that no life can always be an angel?
0: That's a bit of the animals. uh, Please don't let me be misunderstood. And the reason I'm playing that is because I think a lot of people sometimes misunderstand what I'm trying to do here. I'm not trying to put forward any particularly political point of view or any sort of you know guru type stuff. I'm just trying to reflect on the world as I see it. And that means I'll get things wrong. There's lots of things I don't know and I don't understand. But I just hope it's helpful for you, Uh, young and old alike. I'm just a soul whose intentions are good. Oh Lord, please don't let me be misunderstood. Right, we are gonna do some world news. We're gonna go to this country. Uh, Do you recognize this national anthem? (laughs) Well, you would recognize that if you came from Cambodia or Cambodia. May the angels save our king, granting him happiness and prosperity. Um, we his servants wish to refuge under his completeness of sovereign lie, building temples and so on. I would love to go to Cambodia. It's a nation of 17 million people, two and a half times the size of Scotland. It's capital, of course, Phnom Penh. It's 97% Buddhist, although the Christian church has been growing. Now, the reason we're mentioning Cambodia today, this week, is because Hun Sen, Cambodia's leader for almost 40 years, has announced his resignation and said he will hand the reins of power over to his eldest son. Um, The outcome of the country's general election a couple of Sundays ago, in which his Cambodian People's Party won a great victory, a great victory, because it was virtually uncontested and it was completely one-sided, means that his family will continue to hold power. Now Hun Sen was a battalion commander who, in 1975, lost an eye fighting for the Khmer Rouge, the communists, in the Cambodian civil war. In 77, he defected from the then communist regime to the other one in Vietnam, uh, in Hanoi. He became, uh, well, he became as a leader. He's going to hand power over to his eldest son, forty-five-year-old Hun Manet, and uh, others of his family. His youngest son Manet, his middle son Manith, are also high in office in Cambodian society. All his children, of course, have had wealth and power, been educated in Western education. I think Manet has an economics degree from New York University and a PhD from the University of Bristol. We're always pretty good in the West at educating dictators. When I think of Campuchia or Cambodia, I think of the killing fields. I think of the book of that name. I think of the film. The film's about, it, I think of the Vietnam War and the spillover into Cambodia. And I think of the suffering of the church. The the Killing Fields book about the Christian church is is utterly phenomenal. It's one of the most moving books I've ever read. So we we pray for Cambodia. It'd be interesting to see what happens. Um, If you are Cambodian, then please do get in touch and uh, let me know news from your country. Okay, we cover uh, obituaries as well. and We've got two Robbies this week. Uh, The first... Is this loon?
2: Good afternoon, all. I didn't know an awful lot about Scottish country dancing. I was a village lad and I ran the dances in in the village, and it was all the village dances, starting the Grand March and then the Foxtrot and maybe a dashing white sergeant, and and made out the programme like that. But then, the more I got in to take the floor, the more I realised the strength of the Royal Scottish Country Dance Society. So, I'll just check to see if everything is ready. I like to think that I am broadcasting to a lady in the top tenement in Glasgow at the same time as I'm chatting to a lady in a croft. It's been 35 years of sheer pleasure with the cooperation of all the bands and they could not do enough for you. No, I hope sincerely that you haven't heard the last of this uh, uh, Doric voice.
0: Now, when I say loon, it doesn't mean lunatic. It's Robbie Shepherd was a Scots speaker, a Doric speaker from north eastern Scotland and he, uh, I think for nearly 40 years, has been doing Scottish country dance music on the radio. Uh, Honestly, utterly, utterly brilliant. He's just a lovely, lovely character. He died, uh, I think he was in his 80s. And then another person connected with music, a musician who died, is this Robbie. Robbie Robertson.
1: Just feeling about half-assed dead Just need to find a place Where I can lay my head Mister, can you tell me Where a man might find a bed He just grinned and shook my hand No was all he
0: recognize that song Uh, Robbie Robertson was of the band that's their name they were Bob Dylan's backing band they were a great band now I've been doing this series called scripture in song and that counts as my scripture and song this week because you know it's talking about going up to Nazareth as a pregnant Mary and not being able to find room for your child Uh, Robertson is one of the great unsung heroes of music Uh, the album from which and the film from which that song comes is The Last Waltz and I strongly recommend you go and have a look at it. That song is called The Weight. Uh, It's a very powerful song actually. In that concert there's a lovely bit where there is a, and I I was going to play it but then I thought no you really have to see it, where there's a guitar duel between Clapton and Robertson. Great stuff.
1: And Luke was waiting on the judgment day. Hey look, my friend, what about a young Annalise? He said to do me a favor, son. I wanna stay and keep an Annalise company? Yeah. take a load off, Annie. Take a free.
0: All right, let's say something about education. I try and use a lot of different sources here and one of them is a podcast called Holyrood Sources. And this week they had a fascinating discussion talking about education in Scotland and this applies in many countries in the world. And in particular, one guest was arguing that parents should raise children, teachers should teach them. It is not for the state to raise children. Well, amen and amen and amen to that again. They also spoke of closing the attainment gap between rich and poor, uh, those who have got better opportunities and so on. But the way it's being done here in Scotland, it seems to be as though it's by squashing the people at the top. That may close the gap, but it doesn't help anybody, does it? And then I was even more fascinated as a kind of straw in the wind, when Ross Greer, Scottish government minister, green minister in the Scottish government, spoke about moving away from using exams and spoken about focusing on people's attitudes. Mark my words, there will come a time in Scotland and maybe elsewhere where you will pass your school, you will get your qualifications based on your political thought and on your value to the government rather than on any academic attainment. Uh, in that regard, a couple of other things. Uh, the Herald was praising an LGBTQ children's book published in Scottish Gaelic with two sets of same-sex parents. It's just propaganda. And speaking of which, the Scouts in the United Kingdom, the same thing. They've gone woke. They've hi- they're hiring seven new diversity and inclusion officers. And this is the same in Australia, by the way. Australian Scouts have their own diversion and inclus- diversity and inclusion agenda uh, they've signed up to the UN Women's He for She movement. And what else have they done? Oh, there's just so many different things. Uh, it's, yeah. No thanks. Do you know what? I have to play this. I think this is almost, there are several theme tunes. I think uh, this is a theme tune, surely. We don't
1: need- i
0: teacher, leave those kids alone. All in all, you're just another brick in the wall. Okay, um, this was a fascinating news report. Let's look on go on to talk about something to do with work. This was a fascinating news report. A woman armed with pruning shears in a jungle of tomato
1: vines snips off bunches of ripe red fruit and tosses them into a sack as the radio plays in the background. Farmer Benjamin Simonot de Vos says this sort of work is much less grueling than it used to be thanks to technical innovations,
3: but still, few French people are willing to do it. People think it's too tough, they are just not as hard-working as
1: they used to be, and there is not enough difference between what they earn when they work
0: and the end-outs they get when they don't, so people prefer to stay at home.
1: That
0: was from the BBC, and, you know, first of all, A, I love the French language, and B, isn't it interesting that in France, they are experiencing a a shortage of um, workers to work on farms, pick fruit, and so on, and and I thought that whole discussion itself, that whole programme was was fascinating. Um, Just a couple of observations. First of all, if that happens in the UK, everyone immediately shouts, oh, because it's because of breakfast. Well, breakfast, breakfast, Brexit. Well, as last time I looked, France was still in the EU. And uh, I thought the reasons that the farmer gave there were absolutely fascinating. For many of our people today, it's too tough. And then there's the welfare aspect. Why work when you can just get welfare when the job's too tough? Now, the farmer pointed out the job's a lot less tough than it has been, but he also pointed out that he thought immigrants weren't the solution because the immigrants will come and he says they'll become like the French and they won't want to do it anymore. Do you know the Bible has a very simple thing to say about that? Sloth. That's what it is. Just sloth and laziness. For many, anyway. All right, again, this is kind of a, a little theme tune. I played it a couple of times, but I've got to play it again for this item. <laughs> That is, Queen, I'm in love with my car. Now, I had a shot, or was a passenger in a Tesla with a friend of mine this past week. I apologize for all the bad things I've said about electric cars. (laughs) That car was so impressive. And, you know, the thing that struck me about it in terms of not just the environmental side, and there's arguments about that, but it's a lot cheaper to run once you can afford to buy it, it has far fewer working parts, so it's a lot easier to maintain. So maybe technology, cars. Then what about AI? So a fascinating piece about AI-generated social media influences. Now, I hope none of you who are listening to this do this or watch this, but there are lots of female-only Uh, OnlyFans creators, the thing called OnlyFans, and basically women in particular uh, will go online and put out themselves as fantasies for men. Um, But now AI are doing it and it's becoming so good at doing it, that it's indistinguishable from reality and they can pump it out faster and much cheaper. Just a guy on a laptop without a photographer who can talk to a thousand different people at once rather than just one. And interestingly, almost all of these are being created by men. Who would have thought that the first jobs that AI people were gonna put out of practice were people who kind of, to be honest, pimp themselves on the media. There's an example I came across, someone called Little Michaela. And I, I, I honestly, I don't go looking for this stuff. It was just a report I read um, who's worth 10 million. She doesn't exist. It's an AI bot and can earn $10,000 in sponsorship posts per hour or per day. Of course, Michaela supports gay rights and trans rights. But these are not real relationships. But we are ending up in this very confused world where... People have gone online to have relationships with people who do exist, but they can never really connect to. Now they're going to have relationships, inverted commas, with people who don't exist. You know, in in theory, what I do here could just be done eventually by a, an AI robot. What difference would it make? Well, it makes all the difference. Let's say something about health. Um, interesting that, just a couple of things, Instead of 10,000 steps, apparently 2,337 steps. I love the precision of that. Will help prevent heart disease. Um, I've got a link to that. I've got a link to all these things on the website. And COVID emissions have risen again. Although in the UK, COVID boosters are going to be axed for adults under 65. As they're considered not necessary. All right, we have... Uh, Let's say something about the woke world. I want to mention this yesterday. I travel around a lot, as I say, I've been traveling. And in a lot of um, petrol stations, when you go in, uh, I like getting a coffee and a wee something maybe. Uh, It's often Costa Coffee, not anymore. Costa Coffee put out an advert, which featured a uh, woman uh, who had a double mastectomy in order to be a man. They do this in order to be inclusive. I ain't touching, I mean, Costa coffee was disgusting anyway, so it's not a big loss, but it was just handy. Uh, I ain't touching it, I ain't touching it. I, 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 I walked into a station the other day and just thought, no, I, I'm, I'll buy a bottle of juice. I'm not going near you because of that. All right, have you been aware of what's, climate change all the time, have you been aware of what's going on in China? Well, a fascinating report in Reuters, in Reuters says that um, the record heat and historic floods in China haven't ignited a social media debate. And that's probably because people are scared. Um, There's been no major spike in searches for climate change in recent recent weeks. What I find fascinating is China sets very bold green targets to make, including Xi Jinping's pledge to make the country carbon neutral by 2060, but China's CO two emissions grew ten percent in the first quarter of this year, and they're approximately one percent above the record revel- levels in twenty twenty one. I was I found this chilling but interesting that in the Reuters article they used this, this sentence: "China is in principle is well placed to impose top down state led campaigns that support government policy that could make it a climate action leader." Isn't it interesting? that that's the playbook that many Western governments are using. But China, rather than doing that in terms of climate action, is actually emphasising energy security. Fascinating. Sydney, uh, I saw it in Sydney Time Out. It was the hottest July in 120,000 years in Sydney. Have you ever thought how much rubbish that is? They take temperatures around airports and in urban areas, which are obviously higher. 200 years ago, Sydney wasn't a city like that. You know, it certainly didn't have 5 million people in it. It's a ridiculous comparison. Meanwhile, in Australia, in Tasmania, which was going to be the renewable energy battery of the nation with a proposed Marianas link, which is to basically Tasmania was going to do lots of renewables and then export it elsewhere uh, in Australia. Yet it's not happening. And now industries within Tasmania are finding themselves running short of energy. Fascinating. Okay, I need to play a little bit of this. Black Sabbath's paranoid. Now, this is a follow-up to last week where we spoke about aliens. And I was going to tell you this last week, but we didn't have time, but I think this is utterly brilliant. Well, not brilliant, but very sad. Uh, A while ago in my denomination in the Free Church, we had some trouble and there were various meetings that were ongoing, but various people got involved, including a man who I won't name, who um, kept petitioning the church to get rid of somebody. He wasn't a member, even a member in the church. I don't think he should have been allowed to do it. But I was at a meeting one time, and I went back to have a look at his website because he'd made a big fuss, and we didn't, uh, if I remember rightly, he because he he kept into doing all this kind of stuff. We stopped him. It's just say that's enough, you know. And I went back. I looked at his website, and it had. <laughs> <laughs> this is true, honestly. This is true. It had. It was trying to say that the minister he was complaining against was actually an alien who'd come from another planet (laughs) as part of a force that's invading the earth. The fact that we let him anywhere near a church court is still astounding to me. But what got me, this is true, honestly, I'm not making this up. The theme music on his website was Black Sabbath's Paranoid. I'm pretty certain he didn't know what it was, and I think it was a kind of orchestral version, but I just thought, wow. So, no, I don't think... Uh, heretics are really alien and that, by the way the minister concerned wasn't a heretic um, let's just say something about media uh, Barbie and all I 'm going to say about Barbie is this I discovered this amazing fact Barbie spent the people who made Barbie spent 140 million dollars on making the film they spent 150 million dollars on advertising and it's worked because everyone's talking about it so I 'm not going to talk about it anymore. And then, let's just say something about the church. Um, so sad. A couple of things. I In Greenbelt, the Christian Arts Festival, supposedly Christian, there was an advert put out for the Greenbelt School of Drag. Now, that seems to have come down off their website. Uh, but it advertised itself as the perfect introduction to queer art for youngsters. Just, it's almost breathtaking but not as breathtaking as this. Here is an American Presbyterian minister from the PCUSA boasting about her abortions.
3: In the abortion imaginary, all people of faith are against abortion. This imaginary has colonized our minds, traumatizing many people with its toxic theology and shaping a culture of stigma and shame that has silenced millions of women and people who have had abortions erasing their voices, their stories, and their witness from the public sphere. As a child of God, I can certainly appreciate the lyrical beauty of this text, as well as the descriptions in Jeremiah and Job of their certain knowledge that God was with them in the womb. I too feel that I am known by God in these ways. As a woman who has borne two children, I can affirm that I felt something sacred happening in my gestating body during those pregnancies. I can also attest that I felt God's presence with me as I made the decision to end two pregnancies. And I felt no guilt, no shame, no sin. While the liminal space of my womb and all fertile wombs represents the possibility of creating new life, if pregnancy and gestation are to remain holy mysteries, they require cooperation, a forced pregnancy or birth is not holy. I cannot fathom a God who would imagine otherwise.
0: Isn't that chilling? She felt God's presence. No guilt, no shame, no sin. A forced pregnancy or birth is not holy. She cannot imagine a God who... Do you know... Mary wasn't told, do you agree to cooperate and let's do this? She was told you will become pregnant, and you will give birth to the Messiah. What's that minister going to say about that? We, we've got to a desperate state. If anyone can remain in a church and, and teach and boast about abortion, about having a... I weep.
3: What
1: I'm after till the day I die
0: all right um, time's almost gone oh, we're going through the book seek which uh, I've just put out with has 52 questions we're on question four and question four was why does God permit disease and I look at Isaiah 53 1 to 6 and I we talk in that I'm not going to read it to you but we talk about God um, COVID, we talk about the history of disease in humanity, we ask why, there are lots of different answers, we look at the question of suffering and some examples of dealing with that. We look at Isaiah 53 and we look at Psalm 91. And I end up by asking if a doctor offered you a medicine that would cure your illness and take away your pain, would you take it? Christ offers eternal life, have you accepted his offer? Do you trust that even in sickness he will lead you through the valley of the shadow of death? And bring you into his house forever. Well, I think that's enough for today. By the way, you—you, you, I'm putting out. You can get the seat book. Uh, you can. I will. I'm putting out chapters on the website as well. But uh, again, apologies for this being so late. I'm going to leave you with this song from the Sons of Korah, Psalm ninety-one, which talks about God being with us in the sickness. It's a beautiful, beautiful psalm, and it's something that we uh, need to know. Thanks to Peter for producing this. Uh, if you want to support us, please go to the Podbean fundraiser, and um, if you've got any questions or comments, please feel free uh, to let me know, and we will try and get this out on time next week. God bless you, and may you know the shelter of the Most High. Bye. He who dwells
1: in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow, of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge, my God and my shield, in whom I trust. For surely He will save you. From the deadly pestilence as well He will cover over you with his feathers the Lord. I will rescue him. I will protect him, for he knows my Him with long life, with long, long, long.